Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, and our esteemed leader is back. He's back for his sabbatical, his week off, his holiday. And uh, find out if we managed to keep the ship straight down the line, ship shape, see what he thinks to what we've done with the place. You know, we moved all the ornaments. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review and uh, share the podcast around. That's the big one. Share the podcast around. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's been uh, it's been a long time since I've heard those words. Almost two weeks, in fact. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, no, your eyes and ears are not deceiving you. I am back, despite obviously customs' best attempts to keep me out of the country, as uh, as uh, I believe Mr. Woodmansey was uh, alluding to last week. Uh, I managed to avoid the shiny gloves of doom, um, and I am here, sat comfortably, nothing more. Uh, for those of you who are watching on the, on, on the YouTubes, obviously you can see four smiling, happy faces in front of you. Five, technically. Um, welcome in, boys. How are we doing this week? Yeah. Yeah. Been bad. Been bad. Yeah, I think by the end of the podcast, you'll all you'll all know exactly how we're doing. Um, little little foreshadowing, not great, but we'll start off with the, the opening game of the week, which happens to be on terrestrial TV over here in the United Kingdom. It was an FA Cup second round game, and as covered on the podcast last week, it was somewhat of a local flavour where York City. We're taking on Andy's adopted team of Wigan Athletic. Um, now, unfortunately, as I was out of the country, I was unable to watch this. But I do have on good authority from my dad that the game was, and I quote, small leaders might want to cover themselves here, fucking shit. So, this, yeah. is, this is the coverage they come for. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the best. Not the best of games. Um for the uh, for the tuning in, uh, watching faithful, um, I don't even know who the who the the uh, expert summarisers were that the BBC sent to York for the game. Probably can presume it was Shira. I mean, it says a lot that your dad said it was effing shit, considering he's watched Hartlepool for the past few years. Hey, <laughs> slowly hey, descend. The last, the last time Pools turned up at that stadium, they stuck three in the net. So I'm, I'm not doubting that one, but I'm just saying, as in a, on the whole, for the past uh, few years, not great. Few few years. I mean, he's been watching Pools for comfortably nearly sixty, and I'd probably say out of that, he could maybe pick out eight seasons that weren't utterly shite. Maybe. Maybe if he's lucky, 
Yeah, it's not been there. It's not been a barrel of roses. Been a I, I thought you were going to say eight games then. <laughs> no, no, they've not been that bad. There was a there was a period in the late so the late nineties, early two thousands where they were actually probably one of the better sides to watch. Um, but anyway, we digress. This is York versus Wigan. We're talking about and uh, having looked into the details of the year, uh, the game. Andy remains a Wigan Athletic fan. Sadly, he, is, he cannot switch allegiance to his hometown side as Wigan went out with this game, this game 1-0 winners with a Humphreys goal in the second half. Um, I'm assuming no one saw even highlights or clips of the game. Sorry, it was foggy. Yeah, it sounded like it was a bit miserable. I mean, when we landed back in Leeds, um, shock horror... Mm. It was pissing it down, so that was nice. Um, the UK never changes, always good. So yes, 1-0 to Wigan. From a predictions perspective, only Andy had picked his team to lose. He'd gone for a 1-0 win with Henderson to score the goal. Um, myself and Stuart both gone for 3-0 wins. We both picked Humphreys in that as well, so we get bonus points for the goal scorer. Matt had gone for a 2-1 win. Jones and White to score for Wigan. He did pick John Lewis as the uh, goal scorer for York. And interesting point that I would have made last week had I been on the podcast. He's affectionately known as the shop. <laughs> and when he scores for York, the social media team flash up the picture and, of course, give the caption of Shops Open. Oh, Terrible. So after one game, myself and Stu, two points apiece. Matt, one point, Andy still looks again after Mark. Our second game of the week takes us to the Saturday games, and it was Hull City at home to Watford. I uh, believe you may have been in attendance for this, Mr. Wubberty, or uh, yeah. you didn't miss for any particular reason. No, no, full clamour there, and uh, it was um, freezing. Absolutely <laughs> freezing. So, um, we'd spent, from a personal standpoint, we'd spent the morning like idiots heading off to go and do a run. And when we got out of the car to go and do said run, it was minus three. So, we celebrated this by going and sitting in the cold for the full afternoon into the evening. I put three pairs of socks on, still couldn't feel my feet. Probably like a circulation. Were they... Were there three small, thin pairs of socks, or did you at least have one that was like a, a nice, thick pair in there? Now, uh, again, I, I'm sure this is the content they come for, but it was a, a thin base layer, a medium middle layer, and a fluffy top. So it was it was all level. It was like the um, Russian doll of sock, shall we say? <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was bad. It was bad. It was really cold. Um, I did think that my boys might have uh, taken that as their first opportunity to say, do you know what, we might stay at home next time. But no, they stuck at it. They enjoyed the football despite the result, which we'll get to momentarily because uh, the final score was Hull 1, Watford 2. Um, A point may have been a fairer result, um, although listening to Rossini's post-match interview... He would have still have been disappointed because Hull, he felt Hull had done enough to to take the win. Uh, but however, Watford did open the scoring, which was against the run of play on eight minutes with Kayembe. 
Um, Hull didn't roll over for a change, which is nice, uh, and they got equal two minutes later on ten minutes. Um, much like the week previous, Delap burst in run through the middle. He, he loves to drive at a defender, which is good to see, especially when you're there live. Like it's that is quite quite something that he's got that in him. Absolutely, um, I believe the technical term is twatted it at the keeper. Um, <laughs> but the keeper came out to meet him. And the goal was scored at the end I was sat at and subsequently missed the ball going into the net because I was too busy screaming for a penalty um, and then realised that the ball had gone in and was like, ah, yeah, screw it. It's, it's fine anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it was Scott Twine uh, was the grateful recipient of another uh, save from Delap for the second home game running. Um, left side still kind of weak, as I've mentioned before. A lot of Watford's joy came down that side, but the majority of the first half was 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 all halt really. Um, unlucky, uh, there was a into the second half. Hull got a penalty when ex Hull man Jake Livermore, who I didn't even know played football anymore until I saw him running out of the pitch against against us at the weekend, completely passed me by. Um, he brought down Jacob Greaves in the area. Definite. Stonewall penalty, no two ways about it. For a centre-half, it was a nice little move away, like touch away with a ball. They've <laughs> seen Livermore coming towards him like an absolute ton of bricks. Um, the actual penalty taker for Hull was sat on the bench at this point. So there was not really a debate, because it, it was between Twine and Philogene, but Philogene had the ball in his hands first, so the amount of... Uh, Decent stuff we've seen out of him in the last few weeks. Had no qualms with that whatsoever. Puts the ball on the spot. You can tell where this is going. Um, he hit it to his left, so down to the keeper's right. And unfortunately, the keeper was there to meet it. So missed the penalty. Um, Watford then took the lead, scoring the winner in what was only described really as an absolute worldie of an effort. Um, the lap... Received the ball pretty much on the halfway line. Tried to turn, but it was a tricky try maybe three times in the last sort of three minutes beforehand. Uh, defender knew, or midfielder knew where exactly what he was doing, so just picked his pocket. Got a few yards inside the whole half, but only a few yards inside the whole half. Saw Orsop off his line and absolutely sailed one in. Um it looked like from where we were sat, it was actually going to creep over the bar, and I'm pretty sure Allsop thought the same, or hoped the same, because he could do absolutely nothing about it. Um, the guy who scored the goal was again predict pronunciation maybe adrift, but it Hoyt or Hoyt Hoyt H O E D T. I think it's Hoot. It looked like one of those ones because I saw it on the. Football League show? Is it on ITV? Or I, I can't yeah. remember the name of the package, but it looked like one of those ones that sort of it, it almost looked like it just it just kept on sort of going. It had a bit of loop on it. Yeah. So it was one of those it ones did. that like it was it was like looking as if it was almost is it gonna just like hit the bar but then just sort of dropped in. It was a bit of a strange from the way Allsop was watching it, if it had a hit the bar, it'd have blatantly hit him in the face and gone in anyway. Um what? Something I did, something I did think was quite funny on the on the replay of it was the fact that the second it went in, obviously all sort of doesn't just go, oh no, 
straight away he's blaming whoever it was that gave the ball away or yeah. the defenders for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a nuts one, really, because, yeah, the lap was sort of getting towards the one-trick pony stage of the game. So it was obvious that at some point the defenders are going to get wise to the, the move that he kept trying. But for Allsop to be so far off his line, I know that's just the way they play at the moment, but um, Hoot, as he as we, we've now discovered that he's called, uh, spoke to the media after the game, and I can't remember which team he said, but Watford had been playing a team a couple of weeks ago where the manager had pointed out that they like to play out from the back and then sit quite with quite a high line, um, and that would apply to Hull. So for the game couple of weeks ago and the game last weekend they'd all been taking long shots in training purely for that specific uh, scenario and turns out it paid off um, yeah unfortunate it's not going to happen every week they went for it it was quite an entertaining first half particularly it was very entertaining um, but yeah unfortunately it brings the uh, little winning streak at home to an end um, just to confirm that like I, said, I don't want to be that guy who's like oh we lost but we were all over him Hull had 23 shots to Watford's 10 um, 61% possession but I guess it, all that like I said doesn't really matter because the, the main thing is that Watford back two and we didn't so it is what it is yeah, like you say, sticking the ball in the back of the net's all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, so sadly, 2-1 win for Watford. Um, no one, no one had picked a Watford win, sadly. Myself and Matt had both gone for 2-1 Hull wins. Uh, Andy had gone for a 1-0 Hull win. Stu had gone for a 1-1 draw. And uh, between us, none of us had picked Twine, KMB or Hoot to score. So sadly, that is uh, four bagels across the board. I hope you like bread, lads. We'll be eating a lot of it. Um, our third game of the week saw Mylot travel to Bell End Road to take on Leeds United. And uh, this one started with a bit of a bang, as uh, after three minutes, no less, Middlesbrough took the lead. Um, it was one of those ones, one of those sort of goals where. The second it goes in, everyone starts going absolutely wild on Twitter. Oh my God, that's one of the best passing moves I've ever seen. Saw clips of it and yeah, it was pretty good. It was one of those ones that start literally from the keeper. Pass, pass, move, pass, out to the left. Um, um, slick, one touch. Pretty much all on the deck apart from the odd ball that gets played around the corner. The ball itself actually, I actually made its way out to Alex Van Gogh on the left-hand side. Um, he passed it on to Latte, Latte, Emmanuel Latte Laff on the edge of the box who cut back inside, stuck one of the, uh, the leads right back on his arse and then just smashed it into the corner. Um, cracking start after three minutes, the away support was going absolutely wild. That lasted all of two minutes. But after five minutes, uh, Leeds were back in it. 1-1 uh, across from the left-hand side from Sam Byron was met by all of five-foot um, Dan James. Not entirely sure how he's beat Paddy would never ahead of but somehow he did. Um, leapt up, got his head on it. 1-1. It got even worse two minutes later 
when Crescencio Somerville scored to make it 2-1. This time it was across from the right-hand side by the right-back Archie Gray. Um, and again, Crescencio Somerville, about 5 foot one this time, managed to get up above the Borough players and nod in to make it 2-1. Um, it calmed down a little bit after that. There wasn't as much scoring on the two minutes uh, as had been for the past uh, for the past four. Um, but Leeds did make it three one about forty minutes into the first half when they uh, they were given a penalty. Um, Paddy McNair took off injured, so Matt Clark came on at the back, and one of the first things he had to do was try and uh, tackle Jorginho Ruta, um, and uh, all he did was basically brought him down right on the edge of the box. Having seen it back, I'm not entirely convinced it was a foul. I'm also not entirely convinced it was even in the box. But one of those ones where if it gets given for you, it's like if it gets given against you, you're arguing that it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been given. Um, but Joel Piro picked up the ball, stuck it on the spot, and uh, sadly the uh, Middlesbrough keeper wasn't able to pull off what the Watford keeper was. Uh, and... Uh, uh, they, they went 3-1 down. Second game in a row away from home where they've conceded a penalty, sadly. Um, so it stayed 3-1. Uh, just before the, uh, the half-time break, um, they managed to get it back to the 3-2. Uh, Borough had a corner taken by Daniel Barlazer. Uh, and Latte Lass was there in the centre to nod in to make it 3-2. Uh, that's where the scoring ended. There was no more goals in the second half. Uh, there was time, though, for Borough to have a man sent off as um, Anthony Dykesteele decided it would be a really good idea to do, uh, just stand on Dan James's leg in the second half and get a second yellow card. Uh, it wasn't a great challenge. Thoroughly deserved his uh, second yellow and he'll now miss the next game against Ipswich. Um, we're down to about two fit defenders in the squad. So... That'll be interesting to see what you can cobble together for the game against Ipswich on Saturday. Um, but yeah, sadly, uh, no more goals for the Borough. So, petered out to a 3-2 Leeds win. Very disappointed. Not everyone to be giving points to Leeds. Um, Predictions-wise, Andy had gone for a 5-0 Middlesbrough win. What an absolute lad. He had Silvera to score twice. Silvera did hit the post in the second half. So, you were almost there for a goal, actually. Um, Morgan Rogers to get one and Latte Lath to score two. Two bonus points for Mr. Cook there. Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw. I think that needs a special mention. Andy predicted the losing side to win by five goals and still somehow managed to pull two points out of his ass. That is like... Well done. Very well played, sir. Uh, Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw with Piro to score for Leeds, Vandenberg to score for the Borough, so gets himself a bonus point for a goal scorer. I'd gone for 2-2 with Bamford and James to score for Leeds, Latte Lack and Crooks to score for the Borough, so no points for the result, but two bonus points for scorers for me. Mr Woodmanty had gone for a 2-1 Leeds win, so I blame him. Thanks, Stu. You complete our soul. Alright, we drew nil-nil with them, so it's fine. Oh yeah, that makes me feel so much better. Uh, 2-1 for Hull. That's uh, for Hull. 2-1 result for Stu. Uh, Piro and Ruta to score for Leeds. Jones to score for the Borough. 
So Stu gets himself a bonus point for hero scoring. Two points for me, two points for Stu, two points for Andy, one point for Matt in that one. We'll go to Mr. Moore for his team next. But before we get to Nottingham Forest versus Everton, we will just take a small break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Recording in progress. Mm-hmm. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as we said before the break, our next game was going to be Nottingham Forest versus Everton. And as we can see, we've got our two Nottingham Forest correspondents on the line to give us the breakdown of this game that was live on Sky Television. Um, were you lucky enough to catch this one, Mr. Moore, or did you just have to uh, make do with the updates as they were coming through on BBC scores and whatnot? I think I was lucky enough not to watch it. Um, and so, yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I think by the sound of it, it kind of a scrappy game, kind of two, well, one, one club, who, you know, they've been so hard done to that they've now got to fight for their, their livelihoods and, you know, it's terrible. Um, and another club, oh, God knows. Um, trying to find some kind of form somewhere. Um, I think a game of not many chances, or definitely not any clear chances. Um, but, so, um, Dwight McNeil scored for Everton. A decent finish. Um, a decent finish by him. Uh, kind of ball crossed in. Not really properly cleared by Forrest. Drops to him, smacks it in the kind of top corner. They said it was a, an awesome finish and it was just a shot across goal for me, like the way they kind of reported it. I'd like heard that kind of the way they reported it except made it sound like some worldy goal and I kind of just thought it was, it just went back across the keep probably could have done better with it. Um, it was it was one of those ones where if you if you because like, I saw I saw it on match of the day and the angle that it sort of leaves his foot and hits the net if they show it at the right angle, it's one of those ones that it makes it look better than it probably actually was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, and then, obviously, Forrest kind of tried to kind of fight back. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously, I think there's been a lot of controversy behind it. Um, but, obviously, for me, we're not given a Stonewall penalty. Um, there's a lot of shirt pulling dragged down to the floor and considering the penalties that were given at Forest last week uh, or the previous week um, that was more of a penalty than either of those two penalties that were given and you see that penalty given constantly um, in the Premiership so yeah so Forest lose 1-0 for a, for a Dwight a Dwight McNeil uh, goal uh Probably shouldn't have lost that one, but apparently didn't really deserve that much out of the game. Yeah, it's it must just be another one of those ones where it's just a frustrating, a frustrating result at home against a team that will be there or thereabouts, like sort of in the, in the bottom six come the end of the well, season, yeah. particularly after that um, points deduction. Yeah, they don't do that. Predictions-wise, Stu had gone for a 2-1 uh, Forest win. 
but didn't pick McNeil as one of the goal scorers, so no points for Stu. I'd gone for a 1-1 draw. Gibbs, White and Calvert-Lewin, no points for me. Andy had gone for a 1-1 draw with Wood and McNeil to score, so gets us up a bonus point for the goal scorer. Uh, Mr Moore had foreseen this, though, and had gone for a 2-1 Everton win. So I guess there's a point for the result. No points for goal scorers. So just a point there for Matt and Andy out of that one. Um, two games left. They were both played this evening, no less. Uh, Andy's team, Wigan, were taking on Stockport County in the EFL Trophy and managed to pull off a 2-0 win with what seemed on paper to be a very changed team. Um, Smith and Morrison getting the goals. Not two names I've written in the book in the past couple of weeks, so I would assume they are potentially youth players. Um, Predictions-wise, we'd all picked varying degrees of Wigan win, so we each get a point for the result. Um, myself and Matt had gone 2-1. Sadly, neither of us picked Smith or Morrison to score. Stu and Andy both picked 1-0 wins with Goddard and Stones to score the goals. So no points for goals, scorers, but like I said, we each get a point for the result. And our last game of the week saw Fulham taking on Nottingham Forest. Now, I, I can only presume you probably don't want to talk about this one for too long, given the nature of the result. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Fulham game. I don't want to talk about Fulham. I don't want to talk about the goals. I just want to talk about what absolute shit show. And it, I know what's going to happen because Maranakis was in the crowd tonight. And what's going to happen is in the next 24 hours, Steve Cooper's going to get sacked. And the reason why he got sacked was because nine players didn't bother turning up for a map to, to, for a game today. Well, I don't want to say nine. Um, I don't know. There's substitutes that came on, came and did, but nine players just didn't bother. They should, they just might as well have not bothered going today. The goalkeeper is shocking, like, and he's meant to be the one that replaced Turner, who was apparently bad. He's got no command of his box. There's no like, I don't know. He just points his fingers at everybody whenever anything goes wrong. Aina, who was the right back, was absolutely shocking. He was shocking at the weekend. He was shocking. Against um, Brighton the other week, he doesn't bother defending. There was one stage where William cut in, did a turn, and he just fucked off to the left back spot and just kind of then turned around and went, Oh, a decent footballer's just kind of done it and turned. So he was shocking. Uh, Felipe was back. I know he hasn't played since the end of last the end of last season. He looked way off the pace. But he was doing for somebody who's like thirty six years old and meant to be the experienced defender in the team, he was just doing absolutely batshit crazy stuff. Toffolo wasn't too bad. Murillo again looked really good. Um yeah, Toffolo wasn't too bad. Um Sangare we paid the, over thirty million for him. I've never seen anybody look so lazy and so disinterested in the game than he did, and he got fetched off at half time. 
Mangala, industrious, but didn't look much better. Probably could have been taken off as well. Dominguez seems to have lost it. He was just slow on the ball. Wait, like, took too long on the ball. Just, and then didn't bother chasing back. Hudson Adoy, you can see why we got him for, what, a packet of fags and a bag of balls? Because today he was absolutely useless. Elanga, alright. Bit of pace. Probably did the most of the forward lot. Origi had no service, so you can't really blame him. And God knows why we fetched him off. And it was just... I haven't seen a performance like that from Forrest in... 15 years, like Megson time, and that's what it was, and these these aren't, and the, and the reason why the players that played for Megson played like that was because they were shit, these players aren't shit, they just don't seem to give a fuck basically, that's what it looked like tonight, it looked like, I don't want to play tonight, we're going to get absolutely stuffed by this team because they played well against Liverpool on the weekend, and uh, we're just not going to bother, and you know, I don't know who's going to come into the club to change that, but they better, you know, if someone's going to come in, they better change it quickly because we're going down and, and we're going to be leads. We're going to be farming off players to other clubs to pay for the fact that we spent a load of money on these 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 players to take us to the next level, and it's just gone backwards. And I know. You know, like and, and, and like I said, it's always the manager that gets the can at the end of it because you can't sack twenty-five players because it'll cost you too much money. But that why he was able to do the job that he's done the past two years, and now he can't do it. And again, he's chopping and changing the side constantly. You know, again today was Dominguez brought in, big got Morgan Gibbs White drops out. Different right back because Aurier played there on the weekend. Different defensive pair because Bowley played. I just that you know I've I've seen Forest a few times this season, and that was the most disheartening performance. You know, and it's like oh the fans keep on cheering his name. Fine, I I, I don't think I don't I generally don't think it's Cooper's fault. I think. He's trying to get them to play in a certain way and they can't be asked to, basically, for whatever reason. It's got a real Leeds of last season smell to it. It's got a real Ipswich. Remember when they signed Fanini George? That kind of smell to that season where they spent a lot of money on... I don't think we've bought... Like, we haven't bought a Fanini George kind of thing because he was old and past it and shouldn't have been signed. But I just wonder whether we've gone chasing players that... Like a false, a false gold kind of thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's that sort. Of, it's that strange thing, isn't it? Like where look at the look at the people they have brought in. They have, like you said, they haven't brought anyone that's like you know, bit older, sort of looking to sort of get like that one last sort of big payday before they retire and stuff like that. It's it's mainly like young players that they've brought in. So. If, if, the, if the worst did happen and they did go down, they're players that should have resale value. So that's that's not the end of the world. But like you say, I think, for me, 
the thing I've always said, and I've seen it a lot at the Borough over the years, you can forgive a lack of talent. You can never forgive a lack of effort. No. And that's what it boils down to. As long as you know that what you've seen is that the players have gone out there and they've literally put everything into that game and they've not left thinking, I probably could have put a bit more effort in there or, you know, I could have done this a bit better and stuff like that. As long as they just go out and they come back and they, and they look knackered, it's the players that look as if they've just been sort of like swanning around the pitch for the majority of the game, just not really giving a toss and stuff like that. And you just, you just look at them and think... There's, I'd, there's, I'd, like, there's, there's 30,000 in that stadium that would give their right bollock to be where you are, mate. And they would try, they would plough their absolute puddings off for that team. And you just can't I'd be asked. I'd be annoyed if there was that amount of effort in a training session. Mm. And that's what it was, you know. It's, I don't know. It, it just looked... You know, and like obviously Cooper went over and the fans are chanting his name and stuff like that. But we all know where this is going because he was lucky not to get sacked this time last year when they lost, what was it, 4 1, 4 0 at Leicester? It was about this time last year. And I don't, you know, I don't, I think, I think given time, he probably could turn it round. But, you know, they've gone out and spent a lot of money on a lot of players and, it's not working, and they seem to have this succession list of the, the, what they want to do, kind of thing. It's just like you said. Credit, credit to the fans for sticking with him. From from my point of view, I did. But genuinely, my favourite part of the entire coverage tonight, from the bit I saw, was when it got to four nil. And the Forest fans chanting, "We're going to win five four Kind of like <laughs> when you when you like when you're on a hard into nothing at that stage. Like the fact that they're still sticking at it, like you got a feel for them as well. Like traveling midweek as well. It's a bit. I think yeah, people going up at the end was probably the nice the nice thing to do, but unfortunately, like you said, it might be his uh, final act. Might have been a fair one. On the flip side of that. Considering that they were winning four five nil, that place was a bloody morgue. It that was. was shocking. Like well, you know, part, I know it's so, so. Part of that might be it's, it's come out like, so strange because obviously people who've seen other podcasts that we put out obviously will know that um, the, the Fulham are owned by the Khan family, who just so happened to be involved with all elite wrestling. Um. And it's been it's been mentioned before that, that their fans have been protesting over the past couple of weeks, given the ticket prices. So I think um, for the Man United game a couple of weeks ago, there were certain tickets that were going in the ground for over one hundred pounds per seat. Um, so they've definitely bought into the ooh, we might get the tourism sort of uh, people coming in here, so we can charge whatever that we want for that particular game. Um, and I think the fans have finally stood up to it and said, no, we're just, we're just not having it anymore. So I don't think the atmosphere will be particularly good at Craven Park until, that's, until that gets sorted out. Um, but, yeah, like you say, that could, that could always be... 5-0, it didn't sound like it. No, that, I mean, that, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I've not seen the full ins and outs of that kind of full ticket pricing thing. But, like, I know... Like speaking about the local club to myself, they have lounge areas, 
uh, which basically means you have access to a swankier bar than on the concourse. And they're 82 quid a game. But it's, you go into a lounge, and I wonder whether that's the kind of case at Fulham kind of thing. Because if you're charging 100 quid for a standard seat in in a stadium, even on like, even on the side, like halfway line kind of stuff, standard seat, if you're charging 100 quid, then you get exactly what you deserve. But, like, geez, if I, it, I mean, I mean, you know, if I was a Fulham player and I'd put in that performance tonight and, you know, fair enough, Forrest was shocking, I'd be gutted that if the rest of the fans just kind of sat there on their hands and was like, yeah. yeah, we're pissed off with the owners. And you're like, yeah, I understand that you're pissed off with the owners, but I've just played my arse off here and absolutely destroyed a, what's meant to be a decent team. And you're, you know, yeah, fair enough. It's it's kind of one of them things where, yeah, but I, I, the atmosphere was shocking. I, I thought that, that would be my only kind of, Two penneth worth on that, and it's not me being bitter. I would have said it. Well, obviously, it wouldn't have been. If Forest would have been five 0 it would have been even quieter. But, um, but it wouldn't have been because Forest fans might have been noisier. But, um, but yeah, it was shocking. But just to run down, if you want them, it will be two goals. Raul Jimenez two goals, uh, and Tom Kearney with the fifth. Yes, that last name obviously will look familiar to the uh, Hull contingent. Uh, and obviously, he was uh, at Hull uh, at the yeah, start. Yeah, they were talking because um, I was drifting in and out of the commentary because the commentary team were annoying the crap out of me. And there was one point where I caught them saying, oh, yeah, and former Hull player, blah, blah, blah. And then they were talking about Harry Wilson. And I completely forgot that we had him on loan like five years ago. But only for it was like for something like for it was less than twenty games that he played. But of all the of all like the, the, the two players on that in that side that have played for us, why would you mention Wilson as the former Hull player? Because nobody will remember that stint at all. Whereas everybody up here will know Kearney because of his his tough tackling skills. Hmm. Ah, tough tough tackling. What a what a what a great moniker for uh, the uh, shy, shall we say, young Mister Kenny. Um, we won't dwell on it too much longer. Uh, from a predictions perspective, um, as per usual, Mister Optimistic himself over there in the corner, uh, and Mister Cook had gone for a one nil Forest win with Wood to score the goal, so no points there for Mister Cook. Uh, I'd gone for a one nil Fulham win with William to score. So no points for the goal score, but I do get a, a correct point for the result. Uh, Stu and Matt both went for 2-2 draws. Um, however, they did each predict that Jimenez or Iwobi would score. So get themselves a bonus point for the goal score. So we each, apart from Andy, scored one point from that game. So for the week, um, Andy, a very respectable four points from six games. Matt, five points from four games. Myself and Mr. Woodmansey, six points from six games. We each scored two, zero, two, zero, one and one. Which I thought had a nice little uh, pattern to it. So sharing the week this week with myself and Mr. Woodmansey. So we move into week 19. And there are five games on the docket this week for week 19. The first of which sees us exactly where we finished from last week as Wolverhampton Wanderers 
take on Nottingham Forest. Obviously, it's Mr Moore's team. He will go in there last. I'll open us up here. Sadly, I think, um, given the performance tonight, I think we might be on for more of the same from Forest's perspective. Uh, I've gone for a 2-0 Wolves win on this one. I've gone for goals from Huang and Sarabia. Stu, what have you got for Wolves versus Forest? Almost the same. Uh, I've got Wolves 2, Forest 0. Chan for one and Semedo for the other. Now, that first name, was that the same guy I've got? The Huang He Chan? Yes. I'll put it down as Huang, just uh, just so I don't get confused. If you want more Wangs in your book, then you go for that, Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Andrew? 1-0 for it. Yeah, I let you. There he is. Goal scorer? Wood. Standing by Wood. Strength. I like it. Uh, how do you see it panning out, Matt? Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 Wolves win. More Wangs for your book. Good lad. And Kuna. Kuna. The response from Forest? Forest. Elanga. Elanga. Yeah. Well, if they can't get the result, hopefully they just get a better performance than they put in tonight. Our second game of the week sees my boys taking on second in the table Ipswich Town. As stated before, Borough are severely depleted for this game. Um, Whether or not they can cobble together an actual competent defence... Watch this space. If my boys, I will go last. I'll dive straight in for Andy's pick on this one. 2-0 to the Borough. Massively optimistic. Uh, goal scorers? Latte, Laugh and Silvera. Matt? I've gone for two-all draw. Seeing as you had so much wood and wangs last time, let's go for Broadhead this time. <laughs> well, I've agreed with one of you, but not for the scoreline. I also have gone for a 1-2. I think injuries, suspension, biters in the arse here. Ipswich look good. Unfortunately, they're riding the uh, the crest of how, uh, how well the performance seemed to come up. Uh, so I've gone for a 2 1 Ipswich win. I've gone for a latte last for the Borough. Chaplin and Old Boy rule is in effect, lads. He never played for us, but he was certainly on contract. I've gone for Luongo to score for Ipswich. There's also Sam Morsey who plays for us as well, so 
there's a couple of old boys that could do us over there. Um, third game of the week sees Queen's Park Rangers taking on Hull City. It's Mr. Woodmancy's team he'll obviously go last. I've gone for a 1-2 again on this one, but in Hull's favour. Chair, the score for QPR, Delap and Twine for Hull. Matt, what have you gone for for this one? I've also gone for a Hull 2-1 win. QPR, I've gone for Paul. What? Paul. P-A-A-L. Paul. 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 <laughs> Come on. And then Philogene and Slater. Is Slater definitely still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um he's back from injury now. He's um made substitute appearances and all. So well, he certainly is there, Paul, because I saw him with my own eyes on Saturday. So, gotcha, yeah. Andy. Just a one-nil Hull win with Connolly to score. You're going to flog that particular horse until it comes right for you, are you? <laughs> uh, go on, Stu. How's it going to play out? Uh, not a fucking chance that we will win is uh, <laughs> my, my, my uh, I feel that this is well I'm, I'm hoping that we're going through our sticky patch at the moment um, before coming right at the end of January um, or, or towards the end of the uh, festive fixtures put it that way I, I don't know I just I don't have memories of uh, Loftus Road being a particularly happy hunting ground uh, but have Still optimistically gone for a one-all draw. I've also got Chair for QPR. Um, and I've got Delap for Hull. He's been dead unlucky in the last two home games. Not to have at least three goals. And he definitely looks like he's got that bit between his teeth, the way that he plays. So it's, it's, he's got a score suit. Okay. Just the two games left. Um, it's Andy's team up next. It's Wigan Athletic versus Lincoln City. Now, Lincoln may have even been one of Andy's previous teams earlier in the book, from what I can remember. I'm not seeing them. Ah, uh, yes. They were the boys who uh, inflicted Derby County upon us. So, uh, let's hope that Lincoln get what's coming to them. Eh? Uh, I've gone for a 1-0 Wigan win with Humphreys to score. Stew? I've got one, two in favour of Lincoln. Yeah. They've not been on the Lincoln back upon us. They've not been on the worst run, you know. Well plus it'll make Andy's tattoo become relevant again. So True. Very um, true. So yeah, I've got Lang for Wigan. And Makama and Smith. Is it Makama or Makama? How would you spell it? M-A-K-A-M-A And who was the second one? Smith Smith Didn't even spell when, that one too When you said McCammer I thought you were going to say, going to say MC Hammer <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 the Scottish <laughs> version McCammer <laughs> Yeah uh, Matt I've gone for two all draw Humphreys and Wank. Wait, 
Drew and Vale for Lincoln. Mayo? What? Vale? Did you say Mayo for a second one? Vale. As in port. As in port? Aha, yes. Go on then, Andy, how are your boys going to get on? Uh, it's a 1-0 win to Wigan, and you don't need me to tell you which goal scorer, goal scorer it is. Now, I'll just... now, Andy doesn't need to do anything. Lads, after three, do it with me. One, two, three. Of course, he's gone for stones. And yet again, That'll be another one that he'll ride until it comes in for him. Or he has to change teams. <laughs> phrasing there, Paul, was exceptional. So, it's come to it. It's our first podcast derby of the season. It's only taken us until almost the festive period to get to it. But, we see Middlesbrough taking on Hull City, obviously, Matt and Andy might have to say something to keep both of us on side here. So, let's go to Andy first. Can anybody guess the score? Nil-nil. Stu's got it in 1-1. Because there was absolutely no way I was picking a victor here. So it's a one-all draw with uh, my two favourite goal scorers from both teams, Latte Laugh and Delap. Matt? I've also gone for a one-all draw. Goal scorers? Bangura and Delap. You love picking, like, Middlesbrough defenders to score. You had Vandenberg the other day because he'd scored against Preston. Yeah. Did you say Delap? Strikers don't exactly score a bundle of goals, do they? No, well, apart from against Leeds. Did you say Delap? Ah, uh-huh, yeah. Stu, as you're the away side, I'll give you the option of going first or last. Oh, no, it's your home game, so you go last. I'll I'll take third pick. And uh, as as mentioned, firmly believe that this is probably the beginning of our sticky patch. So I'm going to say Middlesbrough won whole nil with Latte Laugh to score the goal. Interesting. I've gone for a 2-2 draw. Crooks and Jones to score for the Borough. Morton and Delap to score for Hull. Although I have now realised that obviously Connolly probably will play and probably will fucking score. Have you still got the bandors fitted? Uh, he'll... Seriously, he'll morph into prime Lionel Messi for this one game. And I just can see it now. If he does score, he's going to be getting this out. 
and he's oh, going to yeah. get absolute dogs abuse if he does. Because, uh, no offence, mate, but you were fucking shit when you played for us. So, uh, don't be giving it all this. In, in fairness, he's not... The goofy-eared twat. He's not had a he's not had a look in the last few weeks because he's he's shit. been making substitute appearances at best. Ah, because he's shit. No, because he's not terrible. He's just like he's not as good as Delap. So um, that game uh, coincidentally is live on Sky Television. So uh, um, obviously myself and Mister Woodmancy will do our best to bring you the um, full breakdown of said game when we next record next week that's your lot massive thanks to the people for scheduling the fixtures of making it on a Wednesday night in the build up to Christmas thanks for that it's it's one of the most local games we have Um, still a good 90 minutes plus drive away but still Wednesday night yeah really why is that right though because it's alright though, because it's not as if they've put the reverse fixture in Hull on a midweek either. Oh no, no, they absolutely have. So why not make that the Boxing Day game or the New Year's game or whatever? But no. Yeah, assholes, assholes a lot. Uh, that's your lot, ladies and gentlemen. Unless you boys have anything else to bring to the table. Um, only that just before the game last week, I uh, very briefly met the Hull City owner, which was uh, interesting. Uh, Hull were the featured team. Well, Hull Watford was the featured game on the EFL, um, like league review thing on ITV. And before the game started, they filmed loads of bits around the stadium and in town. And part of it was that um, they were filming in, in the club shop in the St Stephen's shopping centre. And we'd just been for a little look in there on the way to the ground, and as we were about to leave, got kind of like held to one side as someone was ushered in past us and realised it was it was the owner. It just, there's no reason for being there other than the fact that he was saying hello to people and uh, I guess thanks for buying all my shit. Um, but obviously the cameras were there as well for the, uh, for the TV thing, but we weren't on television. But he was nice enough to stop for a picture uh, with me and the boys and he was happy to chat to people and it just seemed like a pretty normal bloke, to be honest. So it was quite quite interesting to, to sort of have a couple of minutes and, and see, how, see how that was. But you'd have, in, in all my time, being a Hull fan, I think there's probably only one other chairman that's been that way inclined and we haven't had one of them for a good 10 plus years now so nice to see mm. very nice to hear well done Mr Illichali is that even yeah, close no. to being correct it, I think it's more Illichala I think is how he pronounces it potentially but he's, let's just go with Ajun because his first name is Ajun so yeah we'll go with that please don't hurt me if I'm ever in Hull which does seem like it could be possible uh, thank you gents for uh, joining me after my uh, self-post sabbatical last week. Um, join us again next week uh, when we'll, we'll do it all again. Thank you to you all for listening. Uh, and yeah, like I said, we'll be back in about a week's time for you. But until then, take care of yourselves and we'll see you later on. So there we go, what do you think of that? Another week of games gone. 
another week of games to come. Getting towards the back end of the year. So there's going to be that sort of like, you know, loads of games to cover for the back end of the year. Big thank you for watching. Big thank you for listening. Big thank you for being here. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. And that way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.